Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 Before learning about Aviva IQ, I used to spend so much time managing my guest communications manually. Now, with Aviva IQ's easy-to-use automated service, my workload has reduced by 80%. Did I mention it's free? Automate your Airbnb messages now at www.avivaiq.com. Get paid for your pet. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Jasper, and I'm co-hosting this episode with David Jacoby, the president and co-founder of Hostfully. David. How are you? Hey, Jasper. I'm doing great. Just got back from six days of camping where I was completely disconnected. No phone, no data coverage, no email. Uh, I think the last time I was disconnected for that long, can't remember how long it's been. That's telling on today's society. I did the Inca Trail back in 2010, and that was about four days of being disconnected. And it was just beautiful to be in the woods and relax and have some good family bonding time. That sounds absolutely incredible. Where did you go exactly? Big Basin, which is a huge park nearby, about an hour and a half south of San Francisco near Santa Cruz. And Santa Cruz, they have uh, UC Santa Cruz, a college there, and their name is the the Fighting Banana Slugs. And now I know why. There were so many banana slugs all over the place. Uh, And also old growth redwoods, which are over 300 feet tall. So uh, it's just beautiful environment. Awesome. Sounds great. Yeah, I was in Sri Lanka just a a week or two weeks ago. That was pretty cool in the middle of nowhere, kite surfing. But uh, I was actually surprised I had a really good internet connection there. Nice. Everywhere. I actually ended up recording a podcast and there was no problem at all. But now I am in New York. So I'm on on your side of the pond. So it's good to be back. Awesome. The exact opposite of the middle of nowhere. Live it up in New York. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so let's dive into this week's news. Well, there's one story that has uh, been dominating the news in the world of Airbnb. It's a shocking story, and it happened in my hometown of Amsterdam. So I'm a little bit embarrassed to uh, share this, but yeah, there was an Airbnb host who got really upset after his Airbnb guests were a few hours late checking out. He literally threw them out while he threw one of the the guests down the stairs and she ended up in the hospital. So it's quite a serious thing. He's in custody right now. He's facing charges of attempted murder. She actually ended up getting away with a concussion and some scratches. But nonetheless, it was a pretty shocking event. Yeah, very unfortunate. And this stuff, it seems like the media loves playing this stuff up and it happens very rarely as a percentage of all the vacation rental stays out there. But when it does, it becomes a big deal. And then people think it's the norm. And they don't talk about the other, you know, million reservations a night that go fine. Absolutely. No, that's, that is true. I mean, if you're a newspaper, and you publish an article, and it says, 
another successful Airbnb stay. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, no one really yep. is going to read it. I mean, so. look, look at us. It's the leading story for this podcast. So media knows how to uh, get onto a story that people unfortunately like hearing about. And attempted murder seems like a bit of a stretch. Luckily, it was caught on video, and the guy was obviously really, you know, <laughs> really annoyed. And and I don't condone what he did. He was a jerk for doing that. I don't think his mindset was I want to kill this person. So, you know, some kind of battery assault charge seems right, but murder seems like a bit of a stretch. Yeah, I think so too. Because I, you know, I watched the video, and after the girl falls down the stairs, he actually runs after her and he calls out for an ambulance my my suspicion is that he was a little bit shocked about about what he just did he messaged uh just being in a anger mode we'll see what happens to him but in any case it'd be good to you know give this a positive spin and just talk about what do you do when your airbnb guests aren't checking out what if they're late if they don't want to check out like how do you handle that situation as a host and obviously you know you're not supposed to throw your guests down the stairs but how do you do handle that situation <laughs> yeah absolutely step one don't physically assault the guest it seems like this person was about two hours late on their checkout and i have a three-hour window between checkout and when the next guest checks in and when i have same day turnover it's a big rush to clean the place up and get it ready for the next guest so i can understand someone being stressed and not knowing what to do, but obviously they did the absolute wrong thing. This has actually happened to me too. So I've had to think a lot about it in the moment and then more after that in case it happens again. I had a guest one time who was just kind of aloof and they they thought they were staying one day longer, but their reservation was for them to leave that day. So they were just out and about exploring the city, not answering their phone. They were international. I finally was able to get a hold of them and they realized the mistake and immediately booked it for one more day. And luckily I didn't have a same day turnaround. So I just needed to change when my cleaners were coming. But it did get me thinking about what the steps are. What I immediately did in that case, and I think what should be done right away is first you try to call the guests. Email them on Airbnb's messaging platform. So there's a record of it there, as well as call them or text them or however else you've been communicating with them and see if it just is a, an honest misunderstanding. Related to that, immediately after, call Airbnb customer service and let them know what's up so it can be documented. I think that's very important if there's any issue that needs to be done later. It also puts some of the pressure on them on helping solve the situation in case it escalates to a worse situation. So see what they recommend and ask them if you think it's okay to go in and start cleaning up the place and cleaning up their clothes and putting it in a corner or something like that. And if not, then they'll be understanding if you need to change the check-in time or do something with your future guests and you won't get dinged. So step one, try to contact the guest. Step two, contact Airbnb. And then if you need to, escalate it to the police and call you know, your local authority to let them know that there's someone who is essentially trespassing, right? It's not a long-term rental agreement, so they don't have rental rights. It is short-term rental. So if they have extended their stay, they're legally not allowed to be there. And if you need to, call the police. I'd almost tell Airbnb, hey, if you don't give me any additional help, I, I have no option but to call the police. And, and that might motivate them to, to solve the problem. Yeah, I'm also wondering how they can be two hours late because, you know, when I do my uh, my turnovers, like checkout time is noon. And so the cleaning lady arrives at noon. And so if the guests are still there, then, you know, she'll tell the guests, 
to pack up their stuff and and leave. I find it hard to imagine that that would take two hours. I'm kind of thinking they might have been out, right? Maybe they were doing something in town and they just arrived back at the Airbnb a couple hours later. They mentioned in the article that, you know, when the owner was urging them to get out, they were saying, oh, we just need, we need some time to pack up. It's hard to imagine that you you meet your guests for checkout and then two hours later, they still need to pack. There must be something going wrong there in the communication then. Yeah. And from the little bit we could see from that video, it seemed like they were out the door. So that guy just needed to take a deep breath. And if he waited a couple more minutes, everything would have been okay. But related to confirming checkout time, one thing that I, I realized that I actually do with all my guests, and this might help set the tone in advance, is in my welcome email before they arrive, I ask them, do you know approximately what time you'll be arriving on the 11th and what time you'll be checking out on the 14th? So I very clearly both do two things. One, I remind them of the dates they, that are confirmed of their arrival and departure and also try to get some more insight into what their schedule is. Because I've had a few situations where someone says, oh, yeah, we're going to leave around two o'clock. And then I can proactively remind them, actually, checkout time is 11. So you need to be out of there. But you can store your luggage in my garage if you want and come back later to pick it up. It's the same for me. I never really had anyone stay beyond checkout time. Like usually when people want to check out late, they'll ask and then I'll try to accommodate. And if not, just like you said, I'll tell them where, where they can store uh, the luggage. Anyway, I think you you brought up some good points for what to do if your guests don't want to leave. But let's move on to some of the other news that came out this week. There wasn't that much. There's an article that talks about how there's new regulations coming up in Los Angeles. It seems like the city is kind of planning to follow San Francisco and New York by having their host register. So I think it's it's kind of moving in the same direction. There's also an article that's a little bit more interesting about where the offer is comparing where people can make money in the gig economy. So they're comparing Uber and Lyft to Airbnb. And basically, the conclusion of the article is that Airbnb hosts make much more than any of the other gig economy workers. Yes. And the main reason for that, or a big reason you have a physical asset that you're able to rent out. So you're not doing the work yourself the whole time. Obviously, there's work in terms of communicating with the guests and, and running you know, your short-term rental business. But with Uber or Lyft, you're driving the whole time at work making money. So it's a lot harder to scale that. Yeah, it's not really a fair comparison. If you really want to compare it, then you would have to subtract all the costs and the opportunity costs. So for example, if I buy an apartment, well, I'm investing a lot of money, I'm maybe getting a mortgage. So you'd have to deduct the mortgage payments or you know some interest rate over the investment, subtract that from the amount to get it down to the amount of hours that you're actually putting in to the Airbnb work and then look at how much you're making from that. And there's some other platforms that they mentioned, by the way, they're saying that uh, Airbnb hosts on average make 924 and they're comparing that to like places like TaskRabbit, Lyft, Uber and those those platforms are all in the 200 to $400 range. There's a platform called DoorDash. I've never heard of it. Do you know what they do? Yes, that's all sorts of delivery. Get whatever you want delivered to your house. Okay, cool. And then there's Postmates who do a similar, similar. thing. Uh, 
Yeah, and then Etsy, Fiverr, Get Around, Get Around something with cars, I think. Yeah, so Get Around is like Turo, which used to be called Relay Rides, and I'd say that's more of a fair comparison to Airbnb than Uber or Lyft because that is another physical asset. Like you have an extra room for Airbnb and with GetAround, you have a car and you're not using that car so you can rent it out to someone else. Uh, I actually know some some hosts. I'll give a shout out to Keith Friedman with HostWell who he's got a car and he lists it on GetAround and if people want to use his car, they can rent it. It's done through GetAround so there's insurance, there's coverage, coverage. it's done a little more officially and now that's an extra asset. So he's He's not being a taxi driver, driving them everywhere. He's getting paid for guests to use his car when he's not using it. Awesome. And you mentioned there was another one that does storage, right? Yes. Roost is what I'm familiar with, and it was actually acquired by another company called Spacer. And that is Airbnb of storage. So if you have a garage or an attic and you have lots of room there and you're living in a city and your neighbor doesn't have much room, you can rent out your extra storage space for them to put their big items. So if you're renting out a spare room for the days that you don't have anyone staying there, I guess you can you can just rent it out of the storage space. <laughs> Right. But that you need to make that place a permanent storage space because you can't rent it out as a storage space for one month and then all of a sudden do Airbnb the next month because what are you going to do with all the stuff that you're currently storing? <laughs> you need to wait till, till that client gets rid of everything and takes their stuff back. Yeah, I guess that doesn't work. I guess when people try to store stuff, they probably store it for a longer time too, huh? Not for a couple of days or something. Right. So I think it's more for garages and attics where you have just a ton of extra space that you're not using. Awesome. Well, let's quickly go through some other news items. Airbnb to launch higher-end luxury service in late 2017. We've talked about this before. They've acquired a Canadian company, I think, earlier this year. You know, they're getting into the luxury, the higher-end luxury space. And do you have any comments on that? Yeah, so Luxury Retreats is the company they acquired, and it was somewhere between 200 million and 300 million. It was a huge acquisition, and they're definitely moving into that higher end space. And they've been promoting that a lot as well with some of their tweets and Super Bowl marketing campaigns where they've had like Beyonce and other celebrities, Mariah Carey tweet, you know, thanks Airbnb for the great stay. And they're saying at this $20,000 a night place. So I think they're trying to move upstream and get the reputation that it's not just a extra bedroom in someone's home, but you can also do high-end vacation rentals through Airbnb. Hosts, if you're anything like me, you have multiple standard messages you send to every guest. I used to copy paste those messages every time I had a new guest, but then I learned about Aviva IQ and I'm an absolute fan. I copied my repeatable messages into Aviva IQ and told it when I want each message to be delivered. Now, all my guests get personalized check-in messages and personalized check-out messages at the exact time I want them to automatically. I also use Aviva IQ to send a message to guests when a vacancy exists after their scheduled checkout day and invite them to stay longer. It's amazing how it's turned into free money for me on multiple occasions already. So sign up for free at www.avivaiq.com. You'll be glad you did. 
All right, so let's move yeah. on to the readers' questions for this week. So I have a really interesting question from the Get Paid for Your Pet Facebook group, which is a group that's open to everyone. It has a, a lot of hosts in there. People are discussing all sorts of stuff about Airbnb. There's an interesting question by Nicole. She's asking a question about the extent to which you should provide consumables to your guests. More specifically, she's asking, now I have a coffee bar. Do I stock it with coffee filters, creamer, sugar? Is this too much? Do I need more? You know, it gets a little expensive sometimes. What about toilet paper? You know, how much do you provide? I want to make sure I'm in line with other hosts. And is there anything else that you should provide to your guests? And also, how do you order it and how do you stock it? The first thing I'll say is there's no real, like a set answer to this question as far as what do you want to provide to your guests, because it really depends on what type of experience you want to provide. If you are targeting the higher end market, the people who are willing to pay a little bit extra for, for, you know, for having extra convenience and having a more of a luxury experience, then I would totally go ahead and, you know, supply your guests with all sorts of stuff, maybe a local SIM card. If you're more looking to market to, you know, the lower end of the market, then, you know, you, you're going to have to charge a much lower price. And so it, it might not be economical to buy all these amenities for your guests. That's the first fault that comes to my mind. Even on the lower end, I think a lot of these small things, they're, they're fairly small and it makes a big impression and it will increase your chance of getting five-star reviews and then and then upping your price. So especially if you buy in bulk, it's worth the investment for some of the, you know, coffee creamer and stuff like that. The way I look at it is what stuff can I provide that I can almost have automated or in a way that my cleaner can automatically just be it's on a storage shelf somewhere and they could be replenishing it on an as needed basis. So in other words, I don't promote the expectations that I'm going to be cooking them breakfast every morning or that there's always going to be fresh fruit or milk because that's a little bit harder. But having coffee and having maybe some breakfast snacks like oatmeal, I think that's a big thing, having something like arrive late at night and the next morning they need something and they haven't gone shopping yet. Or you give them some hot water and an oatmeal packet and they're good to go. Or some other frozen stuff. You can just keep a couple things in the freezer those little things go a long way. Beyond food as well, of course, having some stuff like your games, your board games that are in a shareable space. Or what we do also is we have transit cards. So getting on the bus here, you can't go to a machine and buy a card for $225. You need to have cash and not everyone always has that extra quarter. So then they need to give a $5 bill or $10 bill just for a $2.25 ride. So we kind of have almost a pay it forward thing where the last guests, they leave behind the transit card and the current guests will use it and use it for their first swipe to get them downtown. And then it's on an honor system where they add more money to it. And then there's a little bit left for the next guest. So that's worked out pretty well. And that's been a great benefit. And then you can also bulk order from Amazon or wherever. And not that I would ever do this, but from what I hear, some other people, you know, they'll bulk order the coffee and then maybe keep a little for themselves, but they put it all as a business expense. So they have a lot of extra expenses that they can deduct at the end of the year. I've also heard of hosts who team up with hosts in their neighborhoods to bulk order. Oh, nice. Because that way they can, they can get a better price and then also only one person has to go ahead and order it. 
I really like the transportation cart, by the way. That's a huge help. This is one of the first things that I always do when I arrive in a new city. I get one of those carts. Another thing you can provide is uh, toiletries, like shampoo, toothpaste, toothbrushes, like basically those, um, the things that the hotels provide. If you really want to provide like a high-end experience, then you could even order those things pre-packaged, just like in hotels, right? Where it has like one little bit of shampoo, has one little bit of toothpaste and all those little things. Absolutely. There's a bunch of those kind of high-end guest boxes that are coming out now on the market where you pay, you know, 40 bucks a, a box and it's got all this stuff. The fault that I see with that is it'll have you know, a toothbrush and shaving cream and some food. And not every guest is going to consume everything. So then it's kind of a bit of a waste. I'd, I'd almost rather just order everything myself and have the extras. With regards to those toiletries, of course, again, this is something I would never do, but I've heard other people, uh, when they stay at a hotel, they take the extra soaps and shampoos there and bring it back with them. And then they have <laughs> extras to give out. <laughs> Yeah, I have to admit, I'm guilty of that sometimes. <laughs> Another thing uh, related to this, too, I've gotten some cool kudos and reviews where if there's something that they might want to borrow or use, you tell them, you know, this is something I normally don't, but you can use it. So please actually don't put it in the review because I don't want other people to know it's an expectation. And even if it is something that you then let everyone use, they feel special uh, about that. Like you're giving them a little secret, something extra. We've done that with bikes a few times. So we have some bikes and people wanted to use them and not pay to rent it. And we're like, okay, we like you, but please don't put it in the review because then everyone will expect that they can use our bikes. Of course, with bikes, you need to be careful about insurance. You know, if they, if they fall on their bike now, all of a sudden there's some liability because it's your bike and something was wrong with it and stuff like that. So you, you want to make sure you have good insurance. There's a new insurance company that seems pretty cool. It's called Slice, and it's Slice.is, and they are pay-as-you-go insurance. So basically, you don't need to pay for a month um, or a year, but if you get one reservation for five nights, you're, you pay for insurance for those five nights. And so it makes it pretty low and really in tune with the amount you're renting. And then also to answer the question about where to store and, and how much to store, I'd say one thing based on my experience, when I started out, I bought a lot of stuff. I was supplying my guests with a lot of stuff, a lot of drinks and snacks and all sorts of stuff. And uh, I did notice that people tend to take the liberty of either consuming a lot <laughs> or, uh, or maybe, uh, taking some stuff for the road. The amount of soda cans that, I was, that my guests were going through was kind of crazy. I started locking it up. So that's definitely something that you might want to think about. If you're going to bulk order and you're going to have a, a lot of stuff available, then you might just want to put it in a closet and lock it up so that you know your guests are not going to just completely smash through everything in, the, in one stay. That's interesting. I've found most of my guests when we do our shared room. So we have two units, a private in-law unit and then a shared accommodation space, our guest room. And when people say in our guest room, we tell them, you know, help yourself to anything in our kitchen, in our fridge, in our pantry. If you consume a lot of it, please consider replacing it. So just giving that little you know, heads up that warning. Having one Coke is fine. If you're going to have, you know, a whole case, then please consider replacing it. And I very rarely have guests abuse that. 
I think it probably has to do with the fact that you're there when you're hosting, right? You're a hosted host. So it's probably a difference between when people have the whole place to themselves and there's no one kind of watching versus, you know, actually hosting people in your house and you're you're there yourself. Right. So you're saying don't stock the fridge with, you know, two cases of Coke and beer and all this stuff, giving the implication that you can go all out and have as much as you want. Just stock the fridge with maybe a couple cans of Coke and beer and put the rest away. And then if they want more, they can go buy some. Exactly. Yeah. Because in the beginning, I would say, hey, you know, help yourself. But then I didn't realize that people would kind of take that literally. And (laughs) at some point, I mean, the cost of replacing everything was getting a little out of control. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Anyway, um, David, thanks so much for joining. Always a pleasure to be hosting these episodes with you. That's it already. It went by so fast, Jasper. I know, so much it, more to talk about. I know it, it <laughs> always time. it always goes so fast, but we after the recording we can we can keep talking for hours and hours. Don't worry. All right. Well, have a great time in New York, and uh, don't stay in any illegal Airbnbs. Be careful there. Of course, I would never do anything illegal, as you know. All right, David. Thanks, and all the listeners. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and uh, we'll see you next time. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet.